Well, hey, good morning, church. Woo, it sounds like we stayed up a little bit too late last night, huh? Good morning. Uh, my name is Stephen Walker. I'm the young adult minister here, and I just want to congratulate you because you are the good Christians. You woke up. You stayed up late. Some of you didn't even stay up late because you had church this morning. And so I just want to say clap. Let's have a clap for all the good Christians in the house. We had a uh, New Year's get-together last night with our yacht group, and, and some of them asked me, they said, church is running late tomorrow, right? Like, we're going to push it back an hour? And I was like, nope, 9.30. And you could see the disappointment in their faces, and some of them quickly left uh, after that. Um, open your Bibles to Genesis 1. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis 1 this morning. Um, I am thankful that, that we get to start a, a new year on a Sunday to where we can be together worshiping God, being in His Word, uh, just experiencing His, his presence and His Spirit. I, I'm really thankful um, for that because we usually do two things when we start a new year. Okay, The first thing we do is we reflect on the year before, right? A lot of us spent time maybe the last couple of days, even today, waking up and reflecting on the things that happened last year. And last year, there, there were some interesting things that happened. Um, there, there was um, heartbreak, and then there was joyful moments. For me, for me personally, I got engaged this year to Miss Caitlin Sons. Raise your hand, Caitlin. Yeah, she's a lucky woman, isn't she? No, no, I, I'm the lucky guy. Uh, but in the same year, we, we had to say goodbye to my grandfather. And so I'm sure that's the same for a lot of you this morning, is that you've experienced these awesome moments um, that you wish would never end. When, when I proposed to Kate, we, I proposed on a mountain. I wish the day would never have ended. It was just so beautiful. But then there are days like when we laid our, our grandfather to rest, and you just wish those days would never come, right? And so I want to give us um, just a, a few seconds this morning to spend some time reflecting on that. If you haven't already, if you have, reflect some more. But just spend some time reflecting on what's happened this past year, who you've lost, who you've gained the moments and the memories you've had. Just, so just close your eyes, spend some time, and, and I'll lead us in a prayer um, after that. Uh, Father, we thank you um, for a start, a new start. We thank you for days like this where we can feel like we can reset, that we can start anew. God, I, I thank you um, for this church family. Uh, Father, we mourn for those that, that we've lost this year, but we celebrate those who we've gained. We celebrate the memories and the moments that we've been called to you those who have decided to follow you this past year, and those who will decide to follow you this year, we thank you, God. Will your spirit dwell among us this morning? Will you guide us as we go through your words? your name we pray. Amen. Uh, the second thing we like to do is we like to set goals for the next year, right? And a lot of us, you know, Will talked about it um, in communion this morning. We set goals, um, and we usually don't follow through with this goal. So I'm not going to talk about um, our goals this morning. Um, but what we do love about our goals is we love the before and after, right? Like, we don't really like to talk about what, what's in the middle, the, the hard work, the effort, uh, the different things that we have to do to accomplish these goals. We just want to see before and after, um, and I think it's because we're, we're transformational beings, okay? We're transformational beings. We're constantly changing. Our hair's constantly growing or it's constantly falling out. 
Uh, we're constantly losing weight. We're constantly gaining weight. Um, we are growing out our nails. We're cutting our nails. Uh, we fall in and out of love. We, we move away all the time. We're, uh, a lot of our group is here for only a few months to a year, our young adults, and then they're just moving off somewhere else. Um, we're constantly getting older. Amen? Or we're trying to make ourselves look younger. Okay, and that has not worked um, for some of us, including myself. Um, you will never be the same in this moment as you will be in the next or the one before that. You'll never be the same. You're constantly changing. You're constantly transforming into something. And as transformational beings, we love to see these before and after things, right? So I, I brought up some pictures um, of some before and after. So let's get this first one for all you uh, HGTV folks out here. You see the old, outdated, I don't know what era that's from because I probably wasn't alive for it, versus the new, the, the nice white open kitchen countertops. I got to take a dig at my mother. She's been trying to uh, remodel her kitchen for about four years now, and she has yet to pick something or decide on something. So I know she's listening, so please, mother, pick something change it, please. Uh, let's go to the next one. Um, that's not my mother's kitchen, by the way. Um, this one is the classic outdoor of the house. It's got, you know, cut, scraped, and it's the ugly yellow, and then you have the awesome transformation. The yard's cut really nice, the beautiful white with the black, um, a beautiful combination, in my opinion. This one, this is what I'm going for next year, or this year. <laughs> Woo! We see this in Hollywood all the time. They're like, they're, they're like on the left for, or the right, or left for a week, and then the next week they look like they're on the right. I don't know how they do it, um, but I wish I could be that strong. Maybe you're like this next one where you want to build some muscle. Um, this, one, this, one, this one made me laugh a little bit, uh, but just imagine Hulk is just a more shredded uh, Shrek. Um, for all you oldies out there, let's go to this next one here. Who else has experienced this four years or eight years later? And you look like you got some more gray um, on the hair. And then this next one, this is one of my favorites. Um, this was awesome. This is a really cool story. I forgot the name of this sheep, um, but you should look it up. It's really cool. Um, and I prefaced uh, this next picture with this one because this is our own transformation here. This is Calvin. <laughs> this is Calvin. Uh, Calvin Krim. During COVID, grew out his beard and his hair, actually. And I gave him, I asked him if this was okay. He said it was. Uh, but we love seeing these, right? Like, these are fun. And we like to see the transformation. Um, we like to see the before and after. Um, and so what I figured we could do this year, and start this year, is instead of focusing on the goals that we can come up with to make ourselves better, let's look at what God's goals are. You with me? Let's look at the beginning of scripture and then the end of scripture and we're going to go to revelation this morning so i apologize kiddos but we're gonna we might get a little scary this morning no i'm kidding but let's look at the beginning and the end and see what god's plan is and see if the beginning and the end looks the same and so we're going to look at genesis 1 this morning um it's going to be on a screen um if you don't have a bible or anything i'm going to read through it with us um, feel free to close your eyes feel free to highlight note take I'm going to kind of interrupt every once in a while, but I just want to go through the scripture this morning. Start this year reading through scripture, meditating on God's word. So chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? 
Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so what you see here at the, in the beginning, there's this chaos, okay? So waters in Scripture, have you ever been to the ocean before? It's very chaotic. You can't control the waves. And so there's this chaos that the Spirit of God is hovering over. There's chaos, and there's formless and empty. In Hebrew, it alludes to being pointless without use. And so in the very beginning, there's this earth, there's this space of, of chaos water that has no purpose, that is formless, that is empty, that is nothing that has to do. And then in verse 3, we see, and God said, let there be light. Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And so what he does is, he comes into the chaos, and he creates order. He separates light and darkness, and so he creates order out of chaos. He's structuring the universe. Verse 6, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And so water, the Hebrews thought water was in the sky, and there was water below them. And so what he's doing, again, God is creating more order out of the chaos. He's ordering things. He's separating sky and sea. Okay, so what God is doing so far is that he sees this chaos. And he sees these chaotic waters just going in all types of different directions, and he's creating order out of it. So cool. Verse 9, And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seeds in it according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And so then the final, the final third, God creates land and sea, and he fills it with plants, um, and all these awesome plants like avocados or berries or whatever you enjoy. Uh, verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let, this, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vaults of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. And God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was morning and there was evening the fourth day. And so the first three days, God creates order out of nothing. And he creates the sky, he creates the, the land, and he creates the sea. And now what is he doing? He's filling the ordered chaos with things and he fills it with creation. Verse 20, and God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly over the earth across the vault of the sky. And so God created the creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it, according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. 
And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And so God continues to fill the vault that he creates. The order that he creates out of the chaos, he then fills with beings to occupy it. Verse 24, and God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the, cre- the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so, and God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and so he orders the animals by their kinds. Starting to get kind of an idea of what's happening here. God is creating order among chaos. This is, this is our part, right? This is the best part. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. We're going to skip this next section because God clearly, his intent was to be vegetarian. And I'm not ready to give up steak yet. I don't know about you. uh, But we're going to skip that part. We're going to pick up in verse 31. And God saw that he had made and all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. And so at the climax of his creation, at the, at the very end, he sees that he's made mankind in his image. He says, that's very good. That's very good. Chapter 2, we're going to just read a few verses here. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This circle, highlight, underline, whatever you want to do, this is awesome. This is what we want, right? We want that rest. We want that blessing of rest. I don't know about you, but after a long day, you've cooked dinner, you've put the kids down or given them an iPad to mess with, and you just sit down in that chair, that recliner, you feel that just relief and that release of stress. This is what the seventh day looks like to me. On this day, it's so interesting because there's no morning or evening. Did you catch that there? There's no morning or evening like the other days, meaning this day was not meant to end. You know, the cycle of the 24-hour period is, is based on lightness and darkness and starting over anew. But this day, it was not supposed to end. And from the beginning, when we read this creation story, we see that there are three things that God desires for his creation. He desires that his creation be with him. He desires his creation create from him. And he desires that his creation have life abundantly through him. Okay, he's in the garden with us. I don't even catch that. He says it again in chapter 2. But he's in the garden in the cool of the day walking among us. And we are created in his image. And meaning that we have all the personalities, the creativity, the, the love and the compassion and the desire to take care of. When God says take care and rule over the birds and the fish in the sea, he's not saying be a tyrant. He's saying allow them to flourish. Allow them and to create life from him. And then he blesses it. He blesses the seventh day, which means abundance. To bless something means to give abundance to. And the seventh day is never supposed to end. And just imagine 
what an abundance of eternal rest looks like or feels like. He gives life abundantly. But a lot of us in this room know that this is not how the story ends, right? Like we, we've read this before. We know that Adam and Eve, they take the fruit. They're kicked out and, and banished from the garden. Um, but I, I want to read to you a, a quote that maybe give us a more deeper approach and explanation of, of what that choice was to eat to the fruit. This is from Shane J. Wood. He says this, When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, they were not merely disobeying a command, although indeed they were. They were not just committing indiscretion, although indeed they did. The, the action was more dire, the results more severe. For sin is a willful union with something or someone other than God. Thus when humanity ingested the fruit from the tree of death, we didn't just acquire a new status, moving from innocent to guilty, blameless to condemned. No, no, we became something new. Something altogether different for the skin of the fruit merged with the skin of humanity. I love that, that, that imagery. Offering a union that affects not just location, heaven or hell, garden or wilderness, but our entire being. A union inversion where instead of creation, man is now interpenetrated with the tyranny of uncreation. I don't know about you, but, but we've, I've felt this before, right? That the consequences of, of turning um, our back, of abandoning and, and walking away from God, we, we feel this chaos in our very being. Right? We, we've, we've felt this opposite of, of God's creation, creative design. It, it becomes chaotic. It becomes some kind of an, an inverse, as, as Shane J. Wood says. Chaos, what it does is it transforms us into gossipers. And it transforms us into liars and, and cheaters. And chaos leads us into substance abuse and addictions and disorders. And chaos robs us of, of the good life, of seeing the good in life. Friends become foes when chaos muddles our minds. When there's, when there's chaos, when there's no clarity or order, we are twisted. Our thoughts and emotions are twisted. Love turns to hatred when chaos clouds our hearts. It's no accident that if you flip a few pages over, within one generation of, of chaos being taken, murder is introduced in the world. If you catch that there, the, the, the consequence of chaos and taking of the fruit is things like murder, things like greed, things like corruption. But yet throughout Scripture, if you've read through the Bible, maybe this year that'll be your goal to do that. We continue to see God be consistent in his goals of desiring to be with his creation, for his creation to create from him and have abundant life through him. Even in the midst of Abraham and Jacob and Moses and Aaron, Saul, David, Absalom, Solomon, Samson, Jonah, the entire chosen people, God does not waver in his desire for his creation to be with him, create from him, and have life abundantly through him. Not once. And we're the opposite, right, with our goals. Uh, Will talked about it, agnosium about um, giving up in two weeks. Um, how many of us, we set our goals, you can raise your hand again, don't be afraid. How many of us are actually going to stay strong in two weeks when the Snicker bar is on the table from the diet there? Um, or when your friends are at dinner and you see that beautiful bacon cheeseburger uh, with the housemaid aioli, and you're just like, man, I got to try that right now, but I'm on a diet. Uh, we're, we're, we're going out to dinner on Friday with um, some friends, and we're going to this amazing German place. And I, and I can't eat it. Um, and it's one of the biggest disappointments in my life. And, and so they're going to hold me accountable 
They're going to hold me accountable and not let me eat um, anything bad on Friday. Um, Or even when Chris. Have you ever noticed that after each message, Chris says, go out and take someone to get a fat yeast roll. And I know that that some of us may think, okay, well, I could be evangelizing right now if I go out and take someone and take a a fat yeast roll. Dude, how many of us will actually stay true to our goals when it gets hard? It's so hard. You know, I'm starting a diet. Brittany's not with us this morning, but me and Brittany and Michelle are doing the Whole30. It's a 30-day diet, so if you want to join in with me, it's no uh, carbs, it's no grains, it's no sugars, it's no dairy. Who's still with me? Uh, as we, nah, no one. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when everything that can uh, give us to abandon our diet, is, we're surrounded by it, right? It's so hard uh, to continue that. And if you've ever experienced that, of just the draw, the pull to say, okay, I got, okay, it's just one Snickers bar. I'm not going to go too crazy. Imagine God's faithfulness and love for us. Just imagine for a second that out of the infinite, infinite amount of times humanity has turned its back on him, the infinite amount of times, the billions of trillions of people who have walked away, who are wreaking chaos with perpetual wars, with creating droughts and starvation and poverty, the mass extinction that we try to do to each other, it seems like all the time, his plans don't change. In the midst of all that, his plans don't um, change. And so I want us to do here is flip to the end of Scripture, and so turn with me to Revelation 21. And I want to challenge us this morning that even at the end of times, his plans and his desires they do not change. I want to read to you Revelation 21, then I'm going to flip to 22, but again, it's on the screen um, if you don't have it. This is amazing. This is my favorite passages of Scripture. Chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any seed. Remember, we read in Genesis, the sea, the chaos waters, There's no longer any of it. There's no more chaos. There's no more disruption. Verse 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will will be with them and be their God. This is Eden all over again, but better. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That chaos that you've experienced, that stress, that, that just chaos muddled in your heart and your mind, your soul, it's going away. All the things that would cause you to tears, all the things that would cause you to mourn or cry or have pain, it's going away. It's going away. And he, in verse 5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the springs of the water of life. Amen. Amen. Come on, people. This is what we're coming to. This is what we're striving for. 
Let's go over to chapter 22, verse 1 again. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God. Okay, you see that again? The water is not chaotic. It's clear as crystal. You can see right through it. There's no chaos. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And so the fruit that brought us into chaos... The tree is now transformed into the healing of the nations. It's this role reversal that's going on. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him, and they will, be, they will see His face, and His image and His name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. And so if you notice this, in the end, God's desire is to, that his creation be with him, create from him, and have life abundantly through him. It doesn't change. His dwelling place is now among us, it says. There's no restrictions. There's no barriers to his presence. It's the fullness of God and the fullness of man together again. There is no ending to this day, if you notice that. There's no night, just constant light going on. Like the day seven of creation, there's no death. There's only an abundance of life through the Father. Guys, from the beginning and the end, it's the same. God doesn't change through your abandonment, through our corruption. God doesn't change what he desires for this world. And he makes all this possible through his son, Jesus. Jesus makes this all possible because Jesus is God's response to humanity's abandonment. Isn't that awesome? Even in the midst of of us turning our back and walking away from God, God doesn't just sit there and just say, come back soon. He sends his son, his beloved son, to you to us, to save us and bring us back. Philippians 2 says, Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus makes us all this possible by emptying himself and becoming obedient to God, even to the point of death. And what he's doing here is that he's reversing the chaos created by humanity's disobedience. It's through his obedience that he ushers in a new order. And so through Adam's obedience, there's this chaos that enters the world and and it exposes itself as murder and lust and, and, and selfishness and gossiping. But what Jesus does, by his obedience, he brings in a new order. And he does it by becoming obedient even to the point of death. What a challenge. What a challenge. Revelation 12 says, They triumphed over him, the Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. This is my favorite part. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. My prayer to you and to us is that we would not love our lives more than what we love testifying about the good news of Jesus.
that I would not consider my life more valuable than the testimony of Jesus Christ. I want to close this morning with the final words of Scripture. This is Revelation twenty-two seventeen. 17. I'm going to pick back up in 20 and 21. This is, again, my favorite part of Scripture. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Let all those who are thirsty, let all those who are in need come to Jesus. Verse 20 says this, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. When we empty ourselves, we first invite others to drink from the water of life, and then we allow the grace of King Jesus to transform us into the body of Christ. Uh, For those of us here who like to set goals for ourselves, will you make it your goal to spend this year, this day, this week, testifying about the goodness of Jesus? Will you testify to those around you? Will you freely invite those to drink from the water that that you drink and from, that water that gives life? And will you dedicate yourself to the army of the Lamb whose power is not sword and shield, but grace and love and peace? I, I pray this morning that these words would stir you, that God's word would stir you to change and to turn and make yourselves empty so that we can follow Jesus into this awesome new day, this new order. I want to pray with you this morning as we close. Uh, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son. God, thank you for this church. Will you stir us this morning? Will you stir our hearts on your word? Will you help us to see what you would have us do for you? Help us to empty ourselves as Christ did. Help us to invite others to come and drink from the water of life. Help us to allow grace to enter our hearts, to change us and to transform us, God. Father, we pray that Jesus would come soon. Come, Lord Jesus, come. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. And the church said, amen. I thank you for being here this morning. If if you want to pray with an elder, we'll have elders in a prayer room. Um, We're about to start classes. Um, Let's say we're going to start classes at 1050. Uh, I'm just making numbers up at this point. Um, But happy new year. May you have a happy new year. Um, Thank you for being here this morning, and you're dismissed. Let's go to class. God bless you all.